Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Play the Kids. I am Kevin McCamish, and with me, as always, is Joshua Duder. How's it going, Josh? Going well, Kevin. Oh, so there's my dog. As soon as we record, <laughs> there's my dog. Well, I do apologize ahead of time for everybody. I have a really, really bad cold. Um, I've actually spent probably the past 12 hours, uh, more like 16 hours, in bed and haven't really moved. But uh, the show must go on, so we're still recording. Um, <clears throat> so this is, is Play the Kids. We are sponsored by Roughneck Scars, and we are part of the Beautiful Game Network. Um, just some stuff that, you know, uh, kind of some, some, some news items. Uh, subscription information. Kind of weird to be talking about on the podcast, but if uh, you happen to find find this this information, what you guys want to do, um, if you were subscribed to iTunes, unsubscribe. Just get rid of the old subscription that we've had for, like, I think, two years. The old feed links into the new feed, so you can still get those old episodes, but all the new episodes will only show up on our new feed, so you have to go to our website, brand new website, very easy to remember, playthekids.com. Go there, uh, subscribe to the new iTunes feed, or if you prefer, like me, I'm, I'm Android, so I go through Google Play, but we also do Stitchers. There's a lot more uh, options. So go to our new website, playthekids.com. Uh, we have stickers. Um, that those I'll be getting those up on the website shortly um, if you want stickers. We're also going to have a Patreon coming out soon. Um, I'm, I'm, in the, I'm doing the footwork on that, so we'll have, if you want to support the show, we'll be having that out. Um, in the next couple of weeks. So lots of good stuff coming for this this whole season. This is episode two. Um, we are going to be releasing every other Friday. So this show should come out uh, on Friday, March 9th, and then we'll have the next show on the 23rd and then every other Friday uh, throughout the whole season so we can keep you keep it uh, – oh, my mind's gone blank. But, I, you know, you, you'll be able to predict when their episodes are coming out. We're, we're aiming for that. So, again, that's why I'm recording, even though I got a really bad cold. <laughs> consistency. Consistency. That's the word. <clears throat> yeah, my brain doesn't yeah. want to work very well. Yep, but, yep. but we'll get through it all. So, um, so lots of news to actually go through here. It looks like we've got lots of players in and out. Um, players out we kind of knew about for sure. Um, the returning players I had pretty much picked out. Um, because T2 had updated their online roster um, prior to making their first five signings of the season, so I knew which seven players were going to be returning. Um, but lots of other stuff. I mean, lots of lots of players coming in. Um, kind of looks like T2 is making some moves um, because they looks like they actually want to do well this year. So that's I think that's going to be good. Um, first off, the returning players: um, so Lamar Batista, Harold Hansen, Andre Lewis. Uh, Terrell Lowe, Max Ornstill, um, Augustine Williams, and Renzo Zambrano all return to T2. Um, first team players that will likely see a lot of time um, with the with with T2 returning. Um, players that spent a lot of time with the team last season from on first team contracts. Uh, McIntosh, I think that's kind of a given. He'll probably be the starting keeper for a while. Um, Bill Toyoma will probably be there. Victor Arboleda, perhaps. Um, depending on, you know, how the depth, uh, the 18 kind of works out for the first team. Farfan I put as returning, but it seems like he's he's kind of making that starting first back or starting left back position his own. Um, so he'll probably be in the 18 um, quite a lot. So I don't know how much we'll see of Farfan, if any, uh, with T2 this season, but that's okay because we, we have an exciting left back 
that should be getting signed. Not announced yet, but it seems highly likely. And we'll t- discuss that as well. Um, and then Jeremy uh, Ibabasi will probably be spending a lot of time with T2. So we'll see how that goes. Um, players out. Um, you know, we all know Renico Clark went bye bye. He was away from the first team, so um, not signed to T2. Um, so he's gone as far as I know. Um, Russell Cicerone left. Um, he was waived. Uh, joined FC Cincinnati. Um, Villian Bijev was waived. He joined the Sacramento Republic. Um, and Nico Brett was actually waived as well. He joins the Pittsburgh Riverhounds. Um, which, actually, ironically enough, uh, Nico Brett will not be the only ex-Timber um, with the Pittsburgh Riverhounds. Ben Zamansky also signed for the Pittsburgh Riverhounds. Wow, good for him. So did he go there from Tampa Bay? Bay Rowdies. No, no, I think I think he was no. no, no, he was signed directly. Yeah, you're thinking you're thinking yeah. of um of uh, Nagby's best friend. That, yeah, what was what? Yeah, Nagby's best friend. What was his I name? I don't remember. Michael something. Yep, all the zips out, I guess. Yeah, but uh, anyway, so Zemanski will be with Nico Brett at the Pittsburgh Riverhounds. You know, I think that mm-hmm. team's got that team's got some good players there. Yeah, that's um, a good sign. And, and, a, and a good coach too. Bob Lee plays a very defensive minded. Um, style so i think ben zamansky is going to fit in well there mm-hmm. um i think that's a team that kind of likes to win one nil and that's about it you know <laughs> so they'll probably be leading the league in in fewest goals allowed um people that are likely out um they're not on the roster they're not on the like they're not like, like no but there's been no mention of them so chances are they're gone but we don't know for sure um, Amic, Bjornathan, Yaminez, Granito, Mohammed, and Wade Hamilton um, mm. all just kind of disappeared. So there's probably like they're part of the group that probably just got waived, um, left the organization, left T2, uh, but have yet to find a, another club since uh, you know, the only ones we know about are the ones that have found another club so far. And the fact that Clark, being part of the first team, had there had to have been something talked about him being waived. So uh, that's that's all the outbound stuff. Returning players, outbounds. Now, now the exciting part is for all the players inbound. Uh, today, <clears throat> it was actually announced that T two acquired um, Derrickson. Is how you pronounce it. Supposedly from the press release, Derrickson uh, Velto. Um, looks like he is a uh, 20, 20 year old um, Honduran forward. Um, Youth International on loan from Liga Nacional side CV Victoria. Um, everything is kind of an on loan with with an option to buy at the end. So um, we'll see how that goes. Hopefully mm-hmm. he can earn himself a, a, a permanent contract. Um, I don't know too much about him, but it does seem you know just kind of seems one of those exciting uh, signings that could work out, may not. You know, I mean, two years ago we had what four exciting signings and two of them worked out and two of them didn't so maybe this will be one that does yeah gotta gotta hope for that um the other player has not been announced yet but seems pretty highly likely to be announced um maybe tomorrow i'm not sure um because i know the t2 is not done announcing players signings. i know that for sure um so i'm assuming that one of the next players to be announced will be marvin loria a 19-year-old left back, left back. He's gonna be on loan, probably with an option to buy, of course, uh, from Saprissa, Saprissa, however you want to pronounce that. So, um, not announced yet, not official, but seems one of those things that's gonna be pretty highly likely. Um, you know, if you follow Reifer on Twitter, uh, Jamie Goldberg, I think they've all been kind of like, hey, here's a player that, you know, 
they they find the news from the Spanish outlets to kind of say like they kind of the Spanish side is confirming, hey, you know, T two have signed this player, so it seems highly likely, but the club hasn't announced it yet. Um, and then other uh, inbound players that have been assigned uh, assigned. I think it was last week. I think last or late last week they had the first five signings of 2018 announced. Um, Christian Enriquez. Uh, Devin Jam- Jamga, uh, Alex Mangles, Josh Phillips, and Nathan Smith. Hmm. Um, a lot of these guys are actually seem pretty. Uh, I mean, I want to say exciting at a USL level. Like these five signings, kind of feel like um, like these are guys that might help T two compete, be more competitive in the USL, which is good to see. You know, you've, you've got to sign these players that, like we've talked about, they're probably not going to make a first-team impact, but they're going to help, you know, T2 actually be a more competitive team within USL. You know, I don't think the objective is is making the playoffs or even should we make the playoffs, but, you know, maybe not – maybe winning more than five games, three or three to five games in a season would be a, a good thing to do. So uh, it seems like these players might help. Um, and then last but certainly not least, we have a lot of new uh, new players to the first team that could see time with T2. Um, again, it kind of depends on how the depth chart works out. Um, I wrote Julio Cascante, but, you know, with the way our center backs have been playing, you know, I feel like he's probably going to be the first center back off the bench um, or even possibly getting some starting minutes. So we may not see him as much as I thought. Um, Modu Jadama is a first team signing. He actually spent all last season with, Tulsa, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he played like every single minute for them. Um, so he's somebody that we could definitely probably see loan down to T2, um, but is probably also, you know, could see himself on, you know, finding some benchmates and stuff like that. But yeah. something like that, I think it's like that's some good first team depth. There's some potential there. Um, so, but I would be, I, you know, given that he has USL experience and he played an entire season for a different USL side, uh, I'd be surprised if he doesn't be, uh, start for T2, just kind of keep him warm um, on the side. And then, of course, a new homegrown signing, uh, Foster Langsdorf. You know, I'd be shocked if we don't see a lot of him with T2 because I don't think he's going to be getting any first team minutes anytime soon. Um, not when you have Adi and Armenteros up there, you know, fighting right. for minutes. So, um, Christian Paredes, I put this, I put him on here, but he started in the, in the Timbers match. Um, so I don't think we'll be seeing a lot of him. Um, yeah, but was that due to, um, was that due to Chara sort of not being ready yet? Isn't he sort of the replacement plan for Chara? The, you know, inevitable, you know, holding midfielder replacement plan. Is that what he is? Yes, but I think he'll always be on the bench if he's going to be their third um, like the like the depth piece that is the first person off the bench for mm-hmm. for like a defensive midfielder position, or or even like if they switch to a, a four four two diamond, if he plays like some sort of like um, Scheller on the sides of the diamond, you know he'll probably be on the bench a lot. So I'm probably hoping, being a little bit too hopeful that we'll see some see him with T two a lot. We may see him here or there. Um, you know, maybe he'll play in, a, in, a, in the international friendly coming up, which we'll talk about. Um, but we'll see. Either way, I think you know it, it's a possibility, but it's less likely than it, than it was when I wrote these notes that we'll see him with T two. Um, 
who else? Oh, Eric Williamson was the last person I had written down here. He's the player we just added to the t- uh, first team. We got his. He's a homegrown player. Um, we gained his rights from DC. His homegrown player rights from DC United, and then signed him as a homegrown player. So um, he is uh, seems to be best buds with mm-hmm. um, Jeremy Abavasi. Mm-hmm. Um, both players who seems to be you know not just good soccer players, but highly intelligent um, and and very upstanding young men. So. Very exciting to see that. Um, I would I, again. He is someone I would think we would see some time with T two. Um, maybe someone who gets loaned down um, on a regular basis, but not maybe on a permanent basis. I think there'd be. I think there's what four players that get loaned down permanently, and like one or two others that kind of go back and forth. So he might be one of them that goes back and forth. We'll see. Um, again, it kind of depends on on how the train on how everything works out because. You know, there's all these players, these young players, the, the the depth that the first team has. You know, the reserve side's doing much better. They did very well in preseason. The, the team seemed to do almost better, you know, with the younger players than with the the known um, standard eleven quantities. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, that can change things a lot. I mean, we're not going to be seeing, we'll we'll never see Valeri or Char or anybody like that with T two. Um, even even Char, we're coming back from. Um, you know, working back to health, I don't think we'll see him with T two, but but the it's just it just means that, that a lot of these new first team players that picked up for depth, we could see him with T two. We, we may not. I mean, they could end up working their way in, into a starting eleven position. So um, it's all good news for the first team, really. And then anybody, and the, and the thing is, anybody that we don't or anybody that T two ends up getting on loan is probably going to be like pretty uh, good, pretty hungry to prove himself. And, and and so I'm feeling a lot better about I think. The potential for the T2 has this this season, probably more so than any other season so far. It's gonna be very it's gonna be very good, I think, overall for um, T2. Uh, any any of these specific players you want to talk about a little bit more in depth? We can. I wrote I wrote some information on the, on the five guys mm-hmm. that we signed, uh, and we'll talk about them later on. Um, but anything uh, anything exciting off the top of your head? Um, I, you know, I just wanted to say, uh, thanks to the outgoing players. Um, you know, like Russell, you know, got drafted, gave it a go, tried to try his hand at T2. Bijev obviously was a huge contributor for a couple of years. Nico Brett was really good a couple, a couple years ago. You know, we were high on him. I, I'm, congratulations to him being signed in, uh, for, you know, to, um, Riverhounds. Uh, I, I'm really excited for, uh, I guess, Derrickson Welto, which was just announced today which we're recording on a thursday um i believe it was announced today i just saw it on my twitter timeline for the first time today and i saw him in a honduras shirt is that correct is that yes he okay. is a youth international it's, okay so he's a youth international but he's not capped at the senior level um but still nonetheless so what we're looking at with derrickson vuelto we're looking at with um eric williamson i believe was under was he in the under 17s or under 23s that just went pretty deep in 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 their respective world cup i think last I, I summer think, i think the under 20s um williamson eric williamson and uh Abbasi were teammates on the right. under under 20 side so mm-hmm. um and then as as far as uh velto um press release says that he made several appearances for honduras at the under 15 under 17 and under 20 levels mm-hmm. uh, it's like three appearances and three starts for Honduras at the 2017 FIFA Under 20 World Cup, um, he registered to assist there. So he was he was also at the same tournament that 
um, albeit for a different team, obviously, yeah. that Abbasi and Williamson were at. Right. Um, and then he also played three matches, three starts for Honduras, the 2015 under 17 uh, World Cup. So he does he does have youth international experience. No, well, yeah. No and he's got some pedigree too. I mean, if you think about respective players that have come before him, I can't name them off the top of my head, but I, you, you know, I, I would, I would dare you to go look up, you know, Honduras players that were pound for pound as as good as he is at his age, and I dare you to not find them, you know, at his age getting signed to um, Segunda you know, um, teams in Spain and finding their way eventually into, you know, um, you know, first division teams in Spain and, and higher, higher level teams, maybe down in Argentina and stuff. I mean, he's, he sound uh, to me, I'm high on him. I think, um, you know, if he just practices, uh, applies his trade at his level, I think sky's the limit. Um, and of course, Foster Langsdorf, I mean, all things being said, I think he's really the reason over the last two or three years where uh, Stanford has had their success. I really don't think um, J. Mo Smooth would be who he is without Foster Langsdorf, you know, um, you know, providing his presence on the pitch. So even though he's a year behind Jordan Morris of that fishing village up north, um, I, I really I would attribute a lot of. Morris's success, not only to his own hard work, you know, um, but also to Langsdorf being there. I think he's someone that we can be high on and expect, I think, good things from um, over the next few years. I, I think he, un, unlike, I think, other draft picks, this guy um, is coming through sort of a different system. We already had him in our system and, and um, I, you know, I just, I'm, I'm high on him as well. Yes, yeah, like 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 we said, lots of good players. Um, it should be an exciting season. Uh, I, I I at least would like to think it should be an exciting season, um, something that'll be worth going out to a couple games, um, a couple games more. <laughs> um, so speaking of games, our next news item: T two returns to Merlot Field. Huge news um, because Merlot Field is 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 absolutely amazing. Um, this actually is going to split the home games pretty much right down the middle. Um, nine games will still be at Providence Park. Eight of them will be at Merlot. So of the 17 home games, you know, a little, little over, just a slightly over half will be at Providence Park. Um, huge news. I think T2 has always done a lot better at Merlot Field. Um, there was definitely lots of reasoning to move it to Providence Park. Um Big, you know, the biggest reasons were just to kind of help USL get official D2 sanctioning, um, which they've done. And then I, I'm assuming that because over half of their games are at Providence Park, that makes it still like their main stadium. So perhaps that it still falls in all that stuff that they need, or maybe that they've now got the D2 sanctioning. There's some flexibility there. But either way, D2 does finally return to Merlot Field for a little less than half the games of the season, and that's super exciting. Um, that's probably some of the biggest news we, we've got for you know heading into the into uh, into twenty eighteen yeah. season. So, and, and and I just think there's gonna be you're just gonna get a, a little bit better atmosphere at Merlot Field because everyone's right on top of the field. Um, it's a really super, it's just amazing field. God, I wish I could play soccer on that field. <laughs> um, 
And and it's just it, I think people like to go there more, so you're gonna get more people there. You'll probably get a couple thousand people in those games, and that'll be really nice. You know, and, and if T two does well, maybe you'll see a couple thousand people at Providence Park, but still in all likelihood it'll probably be around a thousand mm-hmm. for the Providence Park games. But they're they're not trying to sell tickets. They're just trying to get these young players minutes on the field. Right. And competitive minutes. So, you know, you know, it is what it is. Um as far as attendance, the the highest attended game that I predict for T2 um, is going to be the international friendly that they'll play in Portland on May 22nd. Um, and I know you're going to be super excited about this, Josh. Yeah. FC St. Pauli is coming to Portland. Yeah. Uh, St. Pauli, uh, second division Bundesliga uh, side that I follow. Um, recently on a different podcast uh, called Fell in Love with a Girl podcast, which covers um saint Pauli specifically and saint Pauli and her culture um we had an interview over the summer with abe uh, of cider riot also of timbers army fame uh ha- literally hand built the bar in the the von laden um and turns out he had taken a trip to hamburg for the world cup and came back and sort of just was really a pa- part and parcel to injecting the fan culture of St. Pauli into, you know, the budding um, supporters culture of, of the Portland Timbers and the, you know, helped really transform um, the trend, the Timbers army into what it is. He, not, not alone, of course, but I think there were, you know, two different groups at the time when he came back and, you know, really worked with a lot of, fans timbers fans from both groups and sort of hammered this out to the timbers army is what it is and it's um focused on the city and celebrates oregon and and you know we love our team but we love our city and we love each other um and that was really important uh and when so when we were still in usl we had a a really fantastic player a captain our side his name is ian joy some of you mls uh, you know, only been fans since MLS time. That's fine. You know, you're still, we're all Timbers fans. Um, you might not have known that uh, Ian Joy, who is the voice of soccer for Fox Sports and, uh, um, you know, NYCFC and does a lot of Bundesliga uh, uh, broadcasts. He was once a player and the captain of the Portland Timbers in the USL era. And he was also formerly a player for FC St. Pauli. Um, so it's always been a hope of his and a hope of Abe's and a hope of a handful of uh, St. Pa- you know, Pauli supporters that this uh, this the, the kids, the kickers, if as you would, uh, um, that they would visit Portland because the, the fan cultures are so similar. And um, Hamburg, though, is a really big city and they have another club in their in their city that plays up in the suburbs called Ha S Vau. They're more akin to, say, your Seattle Sounders, where they spend a lot of money and they have nominal success, but you know, mostly from what money and large crowds bring, but not the same love of supporter culture and you know, like they're just you know, it's just a different, it's a different atmosphere. So we're, we're very fortunate to have St. Pauli visit us. Um, and 
and I, I'm really, really looking forward to it. There's going to be all kinds of events. There's going to be, if you're a St. Pauli supporter, um, there'll be a sticker and scarf swap event at the Fon Laden and um, working with Cider Riot right now to have an after party. The concern is that Cider Riot is on the east side of Portland and we don't want a bunch of drunk visiting you know you know visiting fans from i know there are people visiting us from buffalo and from toronto and from new york from calgary um, all the way from hamburg even they've all reached out to me i know they're coming um we don't want them trying to find their way from from um goose hollow to you know east uh east burnside so that's a that's a bit of a stretch for them so we're going to try to sort something out but yeah, really looking forward to this. It's going to be a great uh, experience. Um, and hopefully, um, I mean, I really enjoyed having Newcastle visit, but hopefully I think just as an experience, as far as the match goes, and I think as far as the atmosphere goes, um, I think there's just a lot more love you know, between these two supporter cultures. There's not that there was a clash or anything, but just, you know, um, I just think that the St. Pauli fans, there's going to be more fans coming from all kinds of different parts of the country to come and see us. So it'll be uh, really great. And if you see a St. Pauli supporter in Providence Park, shake his or her hand, um, welcome them to the town. They're, they're not here for a rivalry or derby. They're here to celebrate and love our city and love our culture as well. Absolutely. Um, I know that like there's a lot of people on Twitter that were super excited to hear about um, SC St. Pauli coming to town. Because um, I think, like I said, with the, with the very similar supporter cultures, um, you know, a reason why I'm always excited about SC St. Pauli is, is because of that. You know, um, it's more of the opposite for me. Like, you know, I grew up, I developed under the Timbers Army and then started to branch out internationally and found FC St. Pauli as a, as a similar club. And so I like it that way. But either way, it's just, it's very exciting to have them come. Um, it's going to be, I like, I, like I said, it's got to be one of the most um, popular games, I think, for T2 this, uh, this, this season. And mm -hmm. being a friendly, you know, it, it may not be T2. It could be a T2 or a T1 and a half or something like that. You know, mm -hmm. could, could get some people playing and it, it should be lots of fun. Um, being a, being a friendly, literally the club can play whoever the hell they want. So they could even play Timbers players or you can even see Adi out there. Who knows? Um, but either way, it's going to be lots of fun. I would just want to caution any expectations. Um, we do have a home match at Providence Park on May 18th against LA Galaxy 2. And then we have another home match on May 26th at Providence Park against Real Monarchs SLC. So this will be... Uh, kind of sandwiched in between those two home matches. It'll be a fun home stretch, but I think we're more, yeah, I think as far as T2 goes, I think you're hit the nail on the head. I think uh, it's, you're going to see players, it depends, you know, it really depends on how Cameron Knowles views the season. Uh, I know um, new coach coming in, it's it's hard for me to know, hard for us to anticipate how he views the regular season versus how last year's head coach viewed the regular season and what sort of emphasis he puts on league matches versus friendlies. I know that it's the front office's um, perspective that, uh, well, the very reason why it's a T2 match and not a Timbers match is that regular season friendlies are detrimental to to the regular season, which the front office for the for the first team takes very seriously, but um, none, nonetheless, this is a match to celebrate, and this is only one of two matches that St. Pauli will be playing in the United States. They'll be flying out. Uh, they'll be playing, I think, 
on the 18th as well. Um, Nin the 19th. 19th, they'll be yeah. playing uh, uh, N NPSL side, uh, D Division Four side, uh, Detroit City FC. So, uh, or is it FC Detroit City? Um, either way, Detroit they, City. Yeah, they have a fantastic atmosphere. Now, they are the same division in USSF as, say, our PDXFC or Lane United or Timbers under 23s. Um, but they have just an absolute fantastic fan base. They are the they are the model. They are what a Division Four side wants to be. And uh, if any club other than you know, if any club is deserving, it would be them. They've done a fantastic job uh, building that atmosphere. Those fans are great. So, um, but yeah, so they'll be St. Pauli would be coming to us just days after a match, and we will be playing them just days after a match. Yeah, and then and the first team, like I said, when I was saying like they can play, they can play anybody they want. Um, so T2 plays at home on Friday the 18th. Portland will play at home on Saturday the 19th. Mm. And then we'll be having this friendly on the 22nd. And then the next game for the Timbers is away on the 26th, which is the same day that T2 plays at home. So even the first team is a very similar schedule. Um, mm -hmm. Just one day slightly tighter. So who you'll see, I guess it's probably going to be a lot of T2 players, but just anybody that they want to give minutes to. Um, and, and in general, I mean, like, I think, for, and this might be true for a lot of people. It might not, but I'm I'm going to go to that match. But I'm going to go to that match to see FC St. Pauli, not necessarily to see T2. Yeah. So whoever T2 plays is like, sure, no. whatever. But I, I'm going to go and see St. Pauli. Yeah. That's the whole reason I would go. <clears throat> Which is why I mean, and then when I put it, when I put up that article on Stumptown Footy, people were in the comments were like, "God, I hope that this is like well attended and blah blah blah." And I'm like, and I didn't respond to anything, but I'm thinking in my head. I'm sure it's going to be well attended because there's going to be people that are going to go to see the game to see St. Pauli, right. to support St. Pauli and to support like, you know, the, the similar love of soccer and the mm -hmm. similar supporter cultures and the soccer cultures um, from Germany. So it should be well attended. I would be shocked if it wasn't. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't for a second imagine that this is going to have the same attendances as say when Inter plays Barcelona, you know, um, in Michigan, or if, you know, Real Madrid is playing Manchester United in LA. It's, it's not going to be that draw. That's, you know, but that's not the point. Uh, portions of the, of the ticket sales are going to charity. Um, the fans that are coming in, um, I'm working on with, with PDXFC, we are working on possibly hosting a street soccer uh, tournament the the following day, or a small sided tournament somewhere if we can, where portions of the pros uh, of uh, registration fees or somehow uh, from the tournament money will be donated to street soccer. Um, the fans that are coming are fans that have big, giant, golden hearts. Um, they care about humans. They care about soccer. Um, and they love their team and they love their town. Um, so yeah, it's going to be well attended, but it's not going to be 20,000, you know, we'll, we'll be, we'll be happy to see five or six, I think. Um, yeah. So no, yeah, by no, no means is this, you know, St. Pauli is a big team in terms of, um, media coverage for what their supporters group is like, and they sell out their stadium much the same way we do, but you know, it's, it's not a, it's not a 60,000 seater that they sell out. You know, it's, it's a lot like ours. So, yeah. 
Exactly. So, um, well, again, that's going to be super exciting. Um, we'll move on to some other news. I had put on here that, you know, T2 tends to announce stuff at the very end of the season, mm-hmm. which, of course, is happening. You know, the five players they added last week, um, Derrickson they added this week, you know, Marvin Loria, who could very well be announced tomorrow or early next week. I'm not sure. Um, I would assume that if he's going to be announced, if, it, if the rumors are true, it'll be announced soon. Um, again, if the rumors are true, it seems like they are, but until we hear officially official, it's not officially official. <laughs> um, but yeah, so being that the season starts a week from tomorrow, yep. on the 16th, um, we I think T2 is rounding out their roster, getting things completed, and it's very exciting. Um, lots of lots of exciting news actually this week. I mean, you know, not just the players, but that FC St. Pauli news was pretty huge too. Yeah. So. Um, um, what about um, the away stretch to start the season? Uh, for the very same reason that the first team is starting with an away stretch, T2 is starting with an away stretch. You said the first match is one week from tomorrow. It's March 16th at Seattle Sounders FC2 in Cheney Stadium. Um, which is they, in Tacoma. Which is in Tacoma. They so they, 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 ha- they have not renamed the team, but they did move it. Um, but we also just, uh, six days later, I, we, is it eight days later? We play Colorado Springs switchbacks FC, then a way to real monarchs, then a way to Tulsa roughnecks, then a way to OKC energy FC. Um, and so the home opener is actually April 18th, right? So, yep. so we've got a quite a ways to go before we get to see our boys at Merlo field. But um, yeah, so I think part of that big news is just that they're working on Providence Park still. They got a a crane that built a crane that built a crane to build the stadium. Yeah. Well, and the nice thing is like, not only do they, I mean, yes, they have to go on a road on a on a road run to start the start of the year. You know, it probably will not work out too well for T two, but that's I think that'll be fine. We just keep our expectations extremely low, and if they bring home any points, that's probably more points than they would have brought home last year. Mm. Um. But yeah, getting to start the season at Merlot Field. I mean, the home opener at Merlot Field, that's going to be exciting. Yeah. Um, something fun to go and watch that one. And then three days later, another game at Merlot Field. Um, so, uh, you know, and those home games look like they'd be up against opponents that we should be able to handle. Rio Grande Valley, from what I've heard, I think will be uh, uh, doable. Um, Reno, you know, they got rid of Dane Kelly. So their biggest goal scorer is now uh, in MLS with DC United. Um, I don't know how they're going to adjust to that, but they do seem to be working their way to trying to adjust to it. So Reno could still be very dangerous. Um, and then Sacramento Republic, maybe Villian Bija will come back after that that third home game mm-hmm. at Providence Park. So that'd be yeah. You know what? Stand up and give him a clap if if he's here. <clears throat> yeah, he put he put in a lot of good work, a lot of blood, sweat, and tears for trying to trying to make it to the first team, mm-hmm. um, sticking around with T two for as long as he did. So it's it probably I'm sure that the the um, break between him and the club was was not like of of amicable nature but i mean who knows we'll just have to see um some other more general news pieces um blake bodily you know a, a player we've been excitedly talking about over the past couple of seasons um he now plays for the university of washington um i do not believe he will be eligible to play for t2 because um, as an academy player, he could play for T2, but I think as a college player, if he... Now, I mean, if anybody wants to correct me, I mean, I could be wrong, 
But given how NCAA rules are and how, how much of a stickler they are, right. I think he cannot play for T2. No, um, but but he can play for the under-23s. Yes. So um, because the Division Four is set up to accommodate NCAA eligibility, the he is available well, – he would be eligible to play for the Timbers under-23s this coming season for them, but they have not announced his signing, so I wouldn't say that he's going to. I'm just saying that if Blake Bodily were to stay within the Timbers family um, – coach of the under 23s could probably reach out to him and give him some time. But if he wanted to focus on his studies, he could just take this spring off and focus on his studies and then worry about soccer in the fall when uh, NCAA soccer starts up again. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know who we're, I don't know how we're going to see him, but you know, chances are if he wants to play some soccer this spring and summer, you'll see him with the, with the Timbers under 23s or, or maybe somebody more locally up in Washington if it's easier for him to get to up there if he wants to stay mm-hmm. in Seattle. You know, he could end up at uh, Kitsap Pumas. I wouldn't, he could, I wouldn't yeah. blame him that much just nope. because, you know, he's a good, he's a really good player. He was named the Pac 12 freshman of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was, he'd had a very, very good freshman year at UW. And uh, he's a homegrown player, so whoever he decides to play with in the fourth division, whatever under-23 side or whatever PDL side he wants to play for, you know, if he wants to go to MLS, he'll be a Timbers player out and out. So it's all good there. Um, Other big news, uh, NASL canceled the 2018 season. Um, I think that's perhaps the final death knell for an incompetently run league. Yeah. Yeah. It's got to be. We banged, we banged on about that. Uh, tried to retract some of the vitriol about it. The last episode we recorded, um, you know, but we spoke at length about that for the last couple of years. Um, you know, there's some good intentions within each of the individual clubs, but I think holistically, the way the league was run and the way the league went about trying to, you know, forcefully inject itself into uh, the second division. Um, instead of really recognizing that its markets might not be um, strong enough to carry an eight-team league as a second division, you know, they, the fact that they didn't even want to be the third division says a lot too. I mean, I'm just not quite sure how all of that went down. There's more that I need to read and research, but I just kind of feel um, it was second division or bust for them, and they, they busted out, didn't they? Yeah. You know, and then and they had two expansion teams on the West Coast. They had a San Diego team and a and a somewhere else in California, a California United team that they were gonna that were gonna join. Yeah. Um, but I think both of those have went away because the San Diego team, you know, as soon as the news came out that, that NSL canceled the twenty eighteen season, that expansion team in San Diego jumped ship and will now be joining the USL in twenty nineteen. Just straight up, they're like, we're going to keep going, and we're just going to join the USL because that is the ship that actually knows what the hell they're doing. Yeah. You know, I was thinking about that a lot, uh, just being as involved as I am in helping the operations of a, of a you know, a lower division soccer team. You know, at, at a certain point, you have to decide, is it the club? Am I here for the club or am I here for the league? Um, I am as supportive of NPSL as I can be, but, you know, if I will do whatever I have to do to make sure PDXFC continues on in perpetuity, um, if that means joining a different league in a couple of years, um, you know, I will hopefully do whatever I can to strengthen the league we're in, 
But, you know, you can't blame a team like San Diego where they put in all this effort um, creating a word mark and creating a logo and uh, having open tryouts and signing players and getting a coaching staff. And, uh, you know, you have all these people that were onboarded and then to just cancel your season, you know, I, you know, of course that they're going to find another outlet. Um, I wish them the best of luck in the USL and who knows, um, some of the teams in the USL this year might end up in USL three, which are still announced. I think they announced their third flagship team today. I'm not, I I think so. Yeah. Yeah, They've got, they've got two of them. And I think a third one's either has been announced or will be announced. Yeah. Um, but yeah, USL continues to round out, uh, division three. I think that's going to start in 2019. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the other NSL expansion side, California United, you know, nobody. They, I don't think that they were as far along as San Diego, so they just kind of let all their trademarks expire. Ugh. And that usually means that the club just kind of just dropped everything and walked away. Right. So those oh, two man. expansion teams, or you know, one had just decided to pack up and go home, and the other one decided to go join USL. So um, you know, I mean, NASL can can talk a big game as much as they want, but unfortunately. You know, I don't think we're going to be seeing that league uh, come back um, anytime soon. No, no. So. You know, I do hope. Do you know if the New York Cosmos just the name is so iconic? Um, I don't. I don't. I, I would not wish anything detrimental to the. You know, the fans and the and the club and the. And, you know, I'm. I just. I, I hope that they find a way to return. I don't know how they're gonna what they're doing with their operations, but to have Gio Gio here, you know, we welcome him into our, into our family as a, as a, uh, as a timber, uh, you know, but uh, at the same time, it just makes me concerned for the family that he came from. And I just hope that they do well and they find a, find a path for their supporters and for their team. Yeah, I agree. I think, which, I mean, I, I, I kind of find it funny, like the timing of it all, because, you know, Gio definitely made the right move and saved himself from not having a job. Um, and I think he'll do, he'll do just fine here Mm -hmm. in Portland. Um, but yeah, I mean, the New York Cosmos, that is, like you said, a very iconic club, um, probably one of the most iconic clubs in North American soccer. So Mm -hmm. to not have them play soccer, I think just kind of, just kind of hurts the overall fabric of, you know, soccer in this country. So I do certainly hope that that club at least finds something, whether they are able to join USL or, or whatever, you know, hoops they need to jump through to try to keep that operation going. You know, I, de- I certainly wish them all the best and hope that that club and the fans, you know, continue to celebrate, get, get to continue to celebrate soccer um, like those of us who are fortunate enough to have Portland as a hometown. Um, let's see, other news. Um, I don't know if anybody heard about this, but apparently in 2018, FIFA, Russia is going to allow cocaine, heroin, and marijuana in the stadiums. Uh, just don't forget to have your medicinal paperwork because somehow <laughs> cocaine and heroin can be used for medicinal purposes. I don't know, but I saw that and thought that was hilarious. I just want to add that in here. Um, you guys yeah. can just just Google search World Cup 2018 Russia cocaine heroin and you'll it'll probably come up. Um, I guess the rules are like just the way that the Russian rules and the way that FIFA rules work. That if you have a, a like a prescription in either Russian or English. No other languages are allowed, but Russian or English, um, you can have, you know, cocaine, heroin, marijuana, um, six or seven other types of hallucinogenic or narcotic drugs um, in your on your possession, and you can use them. Um, 
during the World Cup. So that'll be fun. Unbelievable. Yeah. I am, uh, you know, I, I think I read a thread today somewhere on Twitter. So, you know, Twitter's a dangerous place. You read threads and you get into this. You're never quite sure if uh, it's corroborated by an actual news article. But uh, there's a, a club that is um, Putin's favorite club. And apparently they've been uh, given, um, they're allowed to spend past the salary cap where no other team is allowed to spend past the salary cap. Um, and any player that's interested in signing a contract with the league in Russia, um, this club has first dibs to star players and uh, uh, salary is not a problem if the player wants to play for the team that's basically being guaranteed to win the championship. Um, so on and so forth, the thread went. Basically, Putin's team is the team that is given all the exemptions, and then the rest of the teams have to sort of fall in where they may. Um, that is, of course, an uncorroborated uh, Twitter feed that I read, and I'm not sure if there's an article that supports it, but it plays into this cocaine and medicinal, whatever drug usage in the in the in the terraces, and it's um i am boycotting world cup 18 this year i'm not watching it and uh you know i just i feel like russia got it under some pretty fishy circumstances and um i'm concerned for the well-being of the fans that are traveling and i, I hate to be a fear monger um but i'm i you know i wouldn't go myself if someone gave me a a, a ticket so that's just my personal take on the the russia world cup and where russia stands with soccer and and to be clear for everyone listening, you would still be boycotting it even if the U.S. made the World Cup because it has nothing to do with the U.S. men's national team. No, it's the fact that Russia is a not nice country, and you know they they are they don't yeah all the all the different things that happen in Russia. It's not the place to be having a World Cup, unfortunately. Human yes. human rights and the like and stuff like that. That is exactly human rights in particular is I just. Yeah. Anyway, uh, try to not be too political in a, yeah, yeah, yeah. a you know lower league soccer podcast, specifically targeting the T uh, two fan base. So uh, this is something I wanted to mention. Um, interestingly enough, in 2015, 16, and 17, T two always won their sixth game, game number six. Um, it was <laughs> six, <the> first... six, six. <laughs> well. That's not what I was going with, but thanks. Yeah. Uh, now that now that's in my head, I'll never forget about it. No, actually, I was just saying that the home opener is going to be the sixth game of the season. Um, it's going to be at Merlot Field. It's going to be against Rio Grande Valley. So, so you know, I mean, maybe T2 can make it four years in a row where they win the sixth game. Um, I would be very happy um, if they don't follow in the 2017 footsteps, mm. and that's going to be and that ends up being their first points of the entire season. But, <clears throat> but you know. Uh, what happens happens and we'll just see how it goes um let's see other stuff um but i think we've gone through most of the news um you know uh, what are your feelings before we get into kind of like um the five players that we signed that i wanted to go into a little bit more depth on mm. um how are you feeling you know 2018 versus uh 2015 2016 were very similar mm-hmm. um 2017 just kind of the, the bottom fell out so how are you feeling about 2018 the fourth well, season you know i think the very first season we had a great coach 
um, guy that had some experience with coaching players of that age bracket in Jay Vitovich left for whatever reasons unknown. Um, I think the most previous coach, um, I think we've laid bare our criticisms. Um, I'm excited that I feel vindicated that um, there is a new coach. Uh, I think it was necessary to have a new coach. Uh, I know that we have said and we'll, we will continue to support that we are here for the players, but I I know that it's it's difficult to 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 train players and give players time, you know, if they're not winning, it's, it's hard to, to develop winners if you're not winning. And a winning mentality is just as important as building your skill set. Um, you need to know what you need to have confidence on the ball and you need to know that you can win. You know that you have confidence in your teammates, um, trust, and, and um, you know, it just builds all the positive vibes that a team needs. Um, that all having been said, Kevin, I am positive on this. This season, I'm going into it with an open mind and an open heart. I think that Cameron Knowles can bring T2 to be middle of the pack. I don't think that they're going to win anything of note. They might slip into the playoffs. I don't think they're going to be at the bottom. I just don't think that can happen two years in a row, especially with the turnover that T2 has gone through. They held on to the players that we were high on, uh, Lamar Batista, Harold Hansen, Louis Lowe, um, Augie, Zambrano. Uh, you know, I think I'm high on McIntosh, Farfan. Tui Loma was looking good in preseason for the first team. Our Arboleda and Ibobasi. I think these are all players that we can be excited for. Um, and then the new guys that I think you said you're going to go into a little bit, but I think that there's a really good returning team here with a, I think a pretty good coach who I think he did a good job as an assistant with the first team last year. And that's why he's been given this opportunity to sort of um, expand his own abilities and, and sort of showcase his own skills as a game day, uh, as a match day manager, uh, as a, as a roster manager and as a, um, you know, as a developer of players. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and then in case there's anybody that listening that didn't listen to our first episode this season, um, you know, T2 did go through some coaching changes. Um, Gregor is out as a head coach. He got demoted to an assistant coach. Um, Cameron Nullis was moved as an assistant coach from the first team to head coach at T2. Um, Aiden Brown was moved to the T2 goalkeeping coach. Um, so you have some some first team coaches that are coming down to start working directly with T2, um, and 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 I'm hopeful. I, I'm in the exact same boat as you, keeping an open mind. You know, I think the sky is the limit. Well, not really. I think I think squeaking into the playoffs is the is the sky's limit for this team. Yeah. Um, but you know, I'm gonna my expectations are gonna be very very low. Um, I'm basically going to be going into the season expecting it to work out just like 2017 did so that when it actually doesn't and it happens better, because again, I think this team can only go up mm. um, and, and then, and then I'll be a lot, I'll feel a lot better about myself. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, kind of in the same spot. I think, I think we're feeling, feeling pretty good. Um, we did talk a little bit about Derrickson, um, Velto, uh, one of the new signings, um, you know, Marvin Loria is a left back, um, hasn't been announced yet, but he, he would be another player from Saprissa that Saprissa we'd be getting 
Um, he would be sliding directly to T2. So he'd probably be your starting left back since, you know, again, I think Farfan is going to be with the first team quite a lot, if not starting definitely on the bench. Um, Bjornathan and Yaminias, they, they're gone. So, you know, the T2 needs a left back. And I think this Loria guy is probably going to squeeze in there and, and, and fill that hole. So you'll probably, we'll probably be seeing a lot of them. Again, I'm going forward, assuming that we're going to sign him. I continue to say we, we don't know for sure, but everything, I mean, Derrickson Velto, you know, Reifer had that right three or four weeks ago. So um, I'm sure Loria is correct as well. Um, <clears throat> the other players we added, Christian Enriquez and Devin Jamga. Um, these are two guys out of college. So they don't have any pro experience. Um, Christian Enriquez is 19. He's a midfielder. Um, potentially a defensive midfielder, given that the 33 games uh, he played at Cal Poly, he only got one goal and two assists. So I'm assuming he's probably you know a holding mid or a box to box mid. Um, probably not not an advanced attacking mid or a winger. I don't wouldn't not with those numbers. Um, he had 33 games played, 30 starts for Cal Poly over two seasons. Um, he was also from Nomads SC, where we got Augustine Williams. Mm. Um, so it's probably like how we kind of figured that out. But he he's left college um, and signed a pro contract with T two. So um, that means hopefully he's good. Uh, you know, with a lot with all these players, we don't know a whole lot about them, but there's some potential there. Um, another Cal Poly player that we've had in the past, Wade Hamilton, who fell off the face of the planet. Um, he was he's from Cal Poly, so. You know, with Cal Poly, the Nomads SC, I mean, this this player kind of comes from a pocket of California that I think we've been uh, finding some, some kind of digging up some rocks and finding some talent. So hmm. be interesting to see if, if he sticks around. Um, Devin Jamga, J-A-M-B-G-A, uh, he's 23. Um, he's a forward. I don't know if he's a winger. Um, I'm given his 15 goals and six assists. I'm assuming he's a winger. Um, again, I'm only going off of some of the stats and stuff. He's got uh, played four seasons at Southern Illinois University in Edwardsville from 2013 to 2017. So he graduated college. He's joining T2. 73 games, 44 starts over four seasons. And like I said, he had 15 goals and six assists, um, which does not seem prolific for a stri- uh, you know, as a prolific striker. So he's probably playing as a winger or a second striker or something like that. Um, he's listed as a forward. So we'll see how that goes. Um, he was a 2017 first team All Mid American Conference selection, so that's pretty good there. Um, he helped SIUE make the Sweet 16 in the 2016 NCAA College Tournament. Also exciting, I guess. Um, <clears throat> I don't know why I say that, but uh, so also exciting, I guess. I'm not sure, but anyway, uh, Alex Mangles looks like he's going to be T2's primary goalkeeper. Um, like I've said, as long as um, Gleason and Atnell are both healthy. I think McIntosh is going to be starting the starting keeper for T2 um, as the team is very high on him and wants to develop him. Um, in this first game of the season, the Timbers had McIntosh on the bench. So um, it seems like Atnell is injured. So I guess as long as Atnell is injured, you know, we, we could very well see Alex Mangles start um, as a keeper for T2. Um, this guy, he's only 24 years old. Um, he's played for Tulsa Roughnecks, um, I think back in 2016, and then was with the NASL champions San Francisco Deltas in 2017. He only played one game for them, though. Um, I don't know which game. I was really trying to dig through and trying to figure that out. But hmm. um, 17 games with 
Tulsa in 2016, and that was when Tulsa had a really bad season. That they were the worst. They ended up worse in the league. They had, like 2016 Tulsa was like 2017 T2. So their one bright spot was Alex Mangles, and this and and his performances got him a contract with the NASL, the eventual NASL champion San Francisco Delta. So I think he's pretty decent for a keeper. Um, in his 17 games with Tulsa, he played 1,519 minutes. Um, he had 26 goals against 93 total saves. Um, he had a 0.782 save percentage, which was uh, led the entire USL in 2016. So he had the highest save percentage. Um, and then despite Tulsa's bad season, he only had a 1.54 goals against average, um, which is pretty average for a goalkeeper. Um, you know, I think the really, really good keepers usually keep it at 1.1, 1. 1, 1. 1.2. Really bad keepers are looking closer to two, like 1.7, 1.8. So he's pretty average, but with his save percentage, you know, it seems like he's got he's got some some talent there. So that, that's kind of good to see um, getting some potential. And again, this is a player who has USL experience. I mean, he spent an entire season with Tulsa and then got went up to NASL. So so here's someone who has some pro experience in the lower division that the T2 is starting, which is good because we've mentioned that before. It's like you could probably go and pick up some of these players that are still somewhat young um, but have USL experience, have NASL experience, and can bring that to T2 to make T2 just a little bit more competitive, you know, mm-hmm. where you're not just going to go out there and get run off the field. You can actually play with the with the teams that, that take USL seriously. Um, the other two players are along the same lines, um, players having USL experience. Um, I'm going to go with Nathan Smith first. Um, because Josh Phillips is the more exciting of the two for me, um, and we'll get into that in a minute. But for Nathan Smith, he's a defender. He's an LA Galaxy Academy product. Now, he played three seasons at UCLA from 2013 to 2015. Um, he for he opted to forgo his senior year, um, so he left college and signed with the uh, uh, Los Dos, LA Galaxy 2 in 2016. Um, and then... In 2017, he signed to the LA Galaxy as a homegrown player. Um, so he was last year on an MLS contract. I guess that the team just waived him, um, didn't want him, and so we were able to pick that up. So, you know, he's got he's got the pedigree, but you know, I don't know I don't know how that'll translate over to uh, playing with T2. But I would expect him to be, you know, somebody that T2 looks for to try to uh, not suck as much this season. Um, Last season in 2017, he made 12 appearances with LA Galaxy in MLS. So he had, had nine MLS starts. Um, he also had nine appearances, eight starts um, while on loan to LA2. So he played an entire season with LA2 and then spent uh, nine games on loan to them in 2017. So he's got a lot of a lot of USL experience, which again should be helpful. But um, the other guy we picked up, Josh Phillips, he's also a defender. Um, <clears throat> apparently born in Seattle. Uh, which is not going to bode well for him, but you know, <laughs> he played. He played with Crossfire. He played with the Seattle Senators under twenty threes. He played at Gonzaga, so the guy seems to be um, Washington through and through. Um, he's a right-footed center back who is very comfortable playing in pretty much any of the four backline positions. So he's basically a USL level uh, Zarek Valentin. Mm-hmm. His preferred position, his preferred position, is right center back, um, but he can probably play. You know, right back if needed. He can certainly play left center back. Um, it, it sounds like he's very flexible, um, and apparently he's a very good defender. Um, he he went on trial in Germany a couple times, I think, 
Um, he ended up signing with FC Tucson in 2014, played 10 games for them um, at the USL PDL side. Um, then he ended up signing with Colorado Springs Switchbacks in 2015 when they joined the league. Um, he was their fifth ever signing, and he's, he's been with Colorado Springs Switchbacks in the USL ever since. So he was a very key defender for them in all three of their seasons. Um, he had 26 games and 25 starts in 2015. Um, a little bit less in 2016. It was 22 games and 21 starts. But then last year in 2017, he played every single game, every single started every single game. So he played all 32 games, started all 32, um, was one of the key key people, uh, key pieces of their de- their defense last year. Uh, so he was he's a very good defender there. Now he also tried out the, at the New England Reds preseason camp apparently. So he's he's been getting some MLS looks as well. Um, but he ended up signing with T2. So this is a very good signing for T2. Um, you know, it brings, even at just 26 year old, 26 years old, he's bringing a veteran USL presence um, in a position of need hmm. for T2. You know, like the, the defense, he's going to, I think he's going to come in and help kind of lock that defense down. Now, whether we play him at center back or right back or left back or whatever, um, I think he's going to be able to do a good job. Um, Colorado Springs switchbacks, I think two, of those three seasons uh, were very good defensive teams. So, you know, he, he's been part of very good defensive teams in the USL. Um, and I think that's going to help T2 again, be more competitive this year. Um, probably win some more games. And that's kind of, kind of exciting to see that, you know, T, T2 are making these signings. Um, looks like they want to take it a little bit more seriously this year. And that's, I think that's only good news. You remember last year, one of the things that I said was, um, you know, if you want your players to develop, they have to play alongside higher caliber players or more experienced players. You need to have leaders. Uh, If you want your team to do well, you need to sprinkle in a little experience. You can't just play the kids as it were. Uh, it, It almost seems like that's, there's a, there's a change in mentality and they say, okay, um, it's not about quantity of youth players that we develop. It's about quality. So, you know, if we bring in five experienced players from different leagues um, and have them play with guys that are in their second season from last year and then sprinkle in some new guys, we might get one diamond out of this whole team. You and I could look at this roster. We could guess who that diamond might be. But um, I think... Last year, we I'm reluctant to say that we developed one player that stands out. Whereas the year before, I think we we might have been able to say that there are one or two guys that we really said, okay, they stood out. This coming season, um, with these changes, the changes in coaching, the changes in technical staff, the changes in the way that the front office is loading this team up, and they're loading it up before the season starts, not as it's starting like they did last year, where we were adding players literally days before the season started last year. You are getting experienced players that are still in their mid-20s, right? but they're experienced at lower league football. So now they're coming in and they're going to share those experiences and those match day traditions with the younger players so that they can transition from um, college and and high school soccer into, into professional soccer. And I'm willing to bet one of these young players that we're looking at on this roster right now is going to come out at the end of the season as someone we're going to be very high on. 
we're going to get at least one diamond out of this group. I don't know who it is, but we're we're going to be high on somebody by by the end of the season. I think you're exactly right. Um, <clears throat> and I think that's going to be it for us because I'm my voice is going out. Um, I've probably talked more yeah. than I have in the past two days. So <laughs> if you if you don't mind, can I drop a couple of dates and then and then you can sign off? You can spare yes. your voice for just a minute. Yes. Anything that you'd like to add, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Uh the first thing I wanted to drop was let me let me see. I, I had um a couple of dates here. Uh first and foremost, the open tryouts for PDX FC Saturday, March 24th from 1 to 3 p.m. at Lake Ridge High School. You are going to want to check out pdxfc.com. Um, check out their Facebook page because you have to register in order to get into the tryouts. There's a cap. Um, so get in, register today. Um, there is a, a small fee. That fee goes to uh, covering uh, some some group insurance and and renting the field. So it's a small fee just to, to cover the experience. No one's trying to make any money off you. Just get out there and try out for the team. Um, we have also got, I think, our, our opening day match. I think we're we're set to say that it is, um, I believe, April. Ooh. Well, I could tell you that we are playing in a preseason tournament uh, against the Timbers under 23s in Salem. And that's going to be the first match will be on April 28th. That's what I was thinking of. April 28th, the John Chambers turf field will play against Twin City Union FC uh, from Washington. And then on May 6th, uh, we will either play um, South Sound FC or the or the Timbers under 23s, we being PDX FC. So uh, we'll be down in Salem playing a couple of matches um, hosted by Capital City FC and the Timbers under 23s. They've got a, an amazing, I mean, if you're not on board with with uh, PDXFC, that's fine. Um, go support the Timbers under 23s in Salem. What they're doing down there is fantastic. They posted their season tickets last week. Uh, I think within two weeks, they're they're darn near sold out. I think they have less than 50 season tickets left as of today. Um, it's a heck of a deal. They uh, we're talking. Some of those players went on and signed with USL. Um, uh, you know, and so they're developing players that go on to the next level. That's a great team to go down and watch the Timbers under 23s. Um, let's see. There was some news on FC Malouse. So let me bring that up here. I had it and then I lost it. Um, so let me bring that up. They have announced a second open tryout uh, for FC uh, Malouse. I've pronounced it Mulhouse in, in the past, but um, it's March 14th at Buckman Fields. It's an open tryout. Um, so uh, it's at 8.30 p.m., so it must be under the lights. Uh, look them up on Twitter. Uh, contact them on Facebook. Look up FC Malouz if you're, you want to, you know, give them. It looks like, oh, you know, it's a looks like a $30 tryout fee if you if you missed it on the, the 28th. If you're interested, call, call Coach Tommy, 360-904-7786, they say on Twitter. Um, and I think that's all I've got. For FC Malou's Timbers under 23s and PDX FC, P 
PDXFC will open their season. Looks like uh, playing at Concordia University's uh, soccer complex. They'll play their first three matches there, and then we'll uh, they'll have to to move to a smaller stadium just due to scheduling conflicts with the university. But it'll be a good place to open. And uh, follow PDXFC on Twitter, Facebook. Uh, follow FC Malou's on Twitter or Facebook, as well as the Timbers under 23s. I have no news on Lane United, um, but, you know, I will suss it out and then we'll get some news uh, on Lane United the next time we record. And that is all I have on Oregonian Division Four soccer. Excellent, excellent. So um, that will be it from us this week. Um, You should be able to, as long as everything goes well with all my setup, this episode should be out Friday. Um, if I hit a road bump, it'll be out Saturday. But I, like I said, the goal is to aim it uh, Friday morning, every other Friday. So the ninth, next episode we'll have out will be the twenty third, um, and then you know every other Friday from there. You can find us online, Twitter um, at PTK Podcast. Um, you can find me on Stumptown Footy. I'm also uh, a co-host of the USL Show at the USL Show or theuslshow.com. And I'd like to thank our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier of MLS, USL, and U.S. soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Also want to thank the Beautiful Game Network for all the good work that they're doing. You can find us um, on bgn.fm. Uh, well, like I said, we have a new website, playthekids.com. Super easy to remember. I love it. Um, don't forget to subscribe using our links on our new website to iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher, whatever you like. Um, there's so many like great podcasts that are being added to the Beautiful Game Network, so the network continues to expand. I mean, at this point, I almost feel like we're a founding member given how many additions they've gotten so far this season. So you know, go to bgn.fm. Lots of good stuff there. Playthekids.com, theuslshow.com, stumptownfooty.com. Lots of places out there where you can find all your T2 news. Um, you can find myself at PDX on Twitter and Josh at Joshua R. Duder, right? That's correct. Excellent. So, that's, again, that's it from us with Play the Kids. Uh, we will see you next time. Bye-bye.